What if you were able to sit down for lunch with some of the greatest leaders in the world? What would you ask? What would they say? Welcome to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where you're invited to join us in learning the spiritual principles behind big success. Here's your host, Mike Lynch. Welcome to 2024. It's here, ladies and gentlemen, and we get to choose what we do with this coming year. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and it is an honor to welcome you to the Lynch with a Leader podcast, where we seek to help you be the leader that you were created to be in the space and the place that God has put you. Well, I don't know how 2023 went for you, but you get to redesign and redevelop what 2024 looks like. Today, in episode 198, we get to sit down with truly a guy that is a, uh, he's an an icon in his world of executive coaching. He coaches some of the greatest leaders in America. But even more than that, he is an amazing, amazing man. His name is Daniel Harkavy. He's been on our podcast before and just crushed it. And I wanted to have him back as the kickoff for 2024. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when leaders lose focus and how you can keep focus. Daniel is the CEO and founder of Building Champions. He is an amazing father, husband. He just married off his daughter, uh, Here this week, in fact, while this episode is coming out, he's going to be uh, at his daughter's wedding. But I'm telling you, his insight, you will see why he is a coach to some of America's greatest leaders. In fact, he, he says it this way. I'm like the other head on their shoulders, helping them process. And, and you'll hear it. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So number one. I hope you've subscribed. You don't want to miss any episodes. We have some just incredible episodes coming up over the next few months, and you don't want to miss any of them. Number two, I hope you've got something to write with. So wherever you're listening from today, I want you to pull up a chair, and I want you to listen in to my conversation with my friend and a guy that you're going to want to get to know. His name is Daniel Harkavy. Can't wait for you to listen in. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me again on this episode of Lynch with a Leader. It is an honor to have you. It's always good to be with you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Well, you are, you're, you're special. So we, you were on episode 123 that we released and had been recorded way earlier in January of 2021. This episode releases in January of 2024. What's new about your life and what's new about leadership since the last time you and I spent a little bit of time together via Zoom? Okay, did you say January of 21? Yes. Yeehaw, buddy. Isn't that amazing? Yeehaw. Man, I could take you deep down a uh, deep down some some uh rabbit holes. Um it's just such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. When I think about what's new in, in life, uh, the best way to, to answer that is in 2021, 
uh, I would say that as a man, I experienced some of the worst of what the world can bring as uh, I had to deal with young adult suicide uh, that was too close to home. Not not in our family, but uh, one of the gals living in our home, it was her brother and she was, uh, we moved her in. Uh, you might remember, we, my wife and I have four kids of our own, but we've always had extra kids living with us. And we moved one young gal in. She was, she was living with us when I did my last interview with you, the last podcast. But a month after we did our, after a month after that aired, uh, her 15 year old uh, ended his life. And, and I was um, one of the first ones on the scene and we moved their family in and I officiated the memorial about 850 in, in the church. And this was, you know, during COVID times when they were capping 400 in a room, but it was like, no, you're not turning away a, a lot of kids. And it was, it was burly. And then that opened up this whole floodgate of kids that knew that uh, I had a passion to help and parents. And so 2021, uh, there was that 2021 was a year of great gift, received another granddaughter. So that was there. And then 2021, lost one of my best friends who had lived in our home for about a year as he was fighting cancer. And uh, and through all of it, you know, looking at probably what, what we all started going through March of 2020 through October of 2021, uh, I ran out of steam. I mean, we just got too much. And in your old mic, I know you've seen it before, you know, when you when you're just faced with such heartbreak over and over and over again and and turmoil, um, no matter how strong you think you are, it'll it'll bite you. And in 2020, it did. I, I, I'm a guy who wakes up with pep in my step every day. I, I live in Oregon and it's sunny in my world all the time, even when it's pouring rain. I just I don't know. I'm God's wired me that way. But in 2021, I needed to to take some time to myself. So I, I took a little sabbatical up in, uh, in the black forest of Germany in a cottage wow. for about a week quarantining before doing some executive work and, and a little wrestling match with God on I'd have this, this question that nobody's ever asked, which is well, why does bad things, why do bad things happen <laughs> to good people? I'm sick of it, man. Why? I don't, I, I don't like it. So, you know, in 2021, Mike, you know, what's happened since that period of time, I started looking at life as if I were looking through a kaleidoscope mm. and, you know, you see all the bright and beautiful colors and, and in 2021, all I saw was dark and, mm. and it was good for me. I gave me a lot of empathy for people that I really love and care for that uh, don't have as easy a, a, of a time twisting it to see the bright colors, which are all the highlights you know, because I got to a point where I didn't want to twist it. I was just very comfortable looking at the dark colors. So that's the roughest of parts, but also, you know, beautiful. There is something that is to be said for being the house of grieving. More grandbabies since then. Um, lots of uh, goodness. 35 years of uh, marriage to my sweet bride. Uh, we now spend a good chunk of our time over in warm, warm water and good surf, warm climate where we've always vacationed. We, we spend a lot of our, our residence time now over in Maui. So, you know, with that, uh, we, we made an investment there a little while ago and, and even there really good. But again, uh, you know, the Lord let us know that there's no such thing as heaven until you get to heaven. That's we right. had a, we had a, a car stolen the same day, our house flooded, 
we got it all put back together, everything months and months of getting it all put back together. And the next week we had a little fire in Maui that some people have heard about. Yep. And uh, we lost 20 homes in our neighborhood, came 200 yards from our backyard. We had to wow. evacuate and, and we've been in that kind of crisis mode. So now I've been working with a group of leaders over there, trying to help them to navigate their way forward. So everything works out for a reason. There's a lot of richness. Um, you know, my life is, uh, it's full. It's really full. I'm a grandpa and I'm a hubby and a daddy and uh, I get to do what I get to do. So that's on the personal side. Uh, Set Path, which we talked about, is the the young adult not-for-profit that we started in the midst of COVID. And that's to, to transfer purpose, belief, and direction in the lives of America's young adults through life planning and mentorship. And we were just getting that going when I was with you last. And, mm -hmm. and today, our app is now in the App Store, our learning management systems and beta testing, and we're piloting it. So setpath.org. It's in testing mode and we got organizations and young adults that are going through it. And, and I, I'm hopeful that that's going to be a real, a real difference maker in the lives of, of young adults here in the States. And then we'll see if we chase living forward that book and to the 20 plus languages that that thing's in. Building champions on the executive coaching side, we continue to work with a lot of leaders, which probably brings me to part two of your question. What am I, what am I seeing in leadership today versus the last time. And I would just say that I would answer that a few ways. You know, a lot of leaders are tired. Um, there's been just so much change in a short period of time, a lot of difficulty. Uh, and now we're faced again with economic uncertainty and political uncertainty. And depending upon the size of the company you run, I've got clients that run global businesses that are, you know, shutting down a year ago, they had to shut down functions in Russia. And now they're having to look at things going on in the Middle East. And their worlds are incredibly complex. I just don't know how they have how they have the processing power to do such things, but um, it's complicated. And I think the best of the best leaders understand that their leadership job, yes, it's incredibly meaningful, but they understand it as something that they do. It's not who they are. And those that have really figured that out are looking at more like a, a very complicated and meaningful puzzle that they need to play during the day, and then they need to put the box on it, and put it away at night so they can be present with their significant others and get some rest and then get a workout in and, and do what they need to do to, to make their heads and hearts right. And then go back at it and, and play the game with all passion and, and courage and giftedness and a lot of humility and a lot of help. So a really long answer to an opening question. Hopefully that helps. Well, that really helps a lot. I, I'd love to ask you this. What you what we we say this phrase on this call all the time. God never wastes our time, and He never wastes our experiences. You you are the leader behind the leaders, right? I mean, there people know more the people you work with than maybe they know you. Definitely. How has this season that you've walked through made you better at helping those leaders who are walking through their complicated times? Yeah, I would probably rephrase even how you classify me as a leader of leaders. Um, I'm not qualified. Um, I think I am a coach and a mentor Good. in some situations. But uh, what it has done for me, you know, I, I've been at this now for almost three decades, which is crazy. But I, I, I've gone through this progression from when I started an executive coaching company when I was 31 Back then in the 90s, there was no such industry. And 
And I may have mentioned this when we were together last, but back then I thought it would work, you know, thought, prayed, hoped. Today, you know, it's a $10 billion industry all around the globe with tens and tens of thousands of competitors, uh, or I will say colleagues out there trying to move the needle like me. Um, but how it's changed me and how have I grown? And uh, I think that was your question. Um, I, I know that um, with absolute assuredness, this worn out chair, uh, hours and hours in conversations, whether via Zoom or whether I'm flying around or they're flying here, I know that when I walk in the room, I'm going to be used. And that's not a conf that's not cocky or arrogant or anything. I just, I've got 30 years of being used and I walk out of these meetings. I'm like, I don't have the equipment to do what just happened. I mean, there was something divine that just took place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my real value is having a system to help me to remember all key components of a conversation. Uh, it, it has to do with having the skill to ask the questions that will stop a leader and cause them to really think. Um, it has to do with knowing when the leader needs encouragement and to be buoyed up versus when the leader needs to potentially see that there's three more doors to the right. They just don't see it. I mean, this is an escape room. There are three extra doors and let's work to find those doors together. So they need that collaborative thinker. So often I see myself as just another head sitting on their shoulder and they're looking, you know, as far this way as they can. And I've got everything else covered. And I'm just saying, Hey, wait, wait, what do you think? What do you see over here? Yeah, I know you can't turn your head, but let me tell you what I see. I see this over here. Process that. Give me, give me a reaction to that. So it is, uh, it's been an amazing gift. I, I was with Mike last week. I was with, uh, from Wednesday night's dinner, Thursday morning's breakfast, Thursday all day, Thursday afternoon dinner, Friday, two breakfasts, then two afternoon meetings, and then dinner with another business associate, friends, couple, et cetera, until Saturday when I flew home. I was with like eight different leaders. And uh, um, just the the richness of every one of those. I was just talking to my executive assistant. She's like, wow, you had a week, man. That had to be intense and burly. And I was like, gosh, it was great. Like, give me weeks like that. Give me weeks where I get to have those types of conversations with the people that can influence the tens of thousands like they can. Come on. I am. Mm. It's phenomenal. So, you know, it's so funny because this podcast is about spiritual leadership and the role that your faith walk and the Holy Spirit plays in that is probably huge, isn't it? Massive. Yeah. Massive. I mean, yeah, it's just massive. You know, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, you know, all of the passages with trusting in him and he'll make your path straight or, you know, he'll lead you down paths of righteousness. I'm all, I'm on a journey, Mike. I'm on a yeah. journey and he... Is something I, I led 33 leaders through a couple day retreat a few day, a few weeks ago in San Diego, and and I walked them through an exercise where I wanted them to look back. All of them were roughly our age, so you've got a lot of them in business who don't need to work anymore. So they're trying to figure out, well, when do I stop working? Do I stop working? I don't 
have the passion I used to, I'm confused. You know, that type of a transition is a big one. And whether you do it or not is big. And so I, I walked them through a timeline, looking at their life from birth to now, decade by decade, decade by decade. And I had 33 of them identify all the highs and the lows and look for the themes and uh, to, to see where there were common threads that have enabled them to have the platform that they have today and to really do a deep dive on that. And then I asked them, okay, what would need to be true in order for the decade ahead to be the best that you've ever had? Like the, the best that you've ever had, what would, what would need to be true? And, and to use that platform for real goodness and uh, um, just being able to, to have those conversations and journey with them. I, I just know the divine shows up and people see things that, Without that guidance, without that human, but divinely inspired human guidance to walk with them, they, they wouldn't go there. They would just walk on their own down the same paths. It's such a great picture of you. Your job is not to tell them what to do. Your job is to help them, help them process, help them gain. Uh, think of think of somebody listening in on this call that they're on the front end of life. They're in their 30s. They're in their 40s. They're in those big earning years. They're in those big work years. I heard you say this in a podcast. I read you write it where, where you've written it, where you say the five to nine p.m. is yeah. is as important, more important, way more important than the nine to five. Why is it so important for a leader, man, woman, to get this plan in place that helps them dictate out how they're going to live out this journey. Yeah. So the first thing that um, I would state is a conviction of mine. And I just believe it with all of my heart and everything I talk about has to do with a time frame of marathon and not sprint. So I'm looking at a career. I'm not looking at a job. I'm not looking at a season. I'm talking about who you will be as an appointed, um, uh, equipped leader or servant who has earned a place as a result of God's favor. Yes, you've worked hard. Yes, you've got intellect. Yes, you are skilled. But the Lord lets you. I mean, That's right. yeah, face it. He has the ability to cause you not to wake up today. So... Um, Things can change. Why do I, why do I believe that the five to nine is as important, or maybe even more important than the the nine to five? And it has to do with an absolute belief that better humans make for better leaders. I have an absolute belief that the human journey is not just about one's career. If you look at what creates richness, fulfillment, impact. There's just more dimensions to our journey than just our career. Our career is big. We do spend the majority of our waking hours here, but it's not the only thing. And if we mess up the five to nine, then what we do is we put at risk our efficacy, our effectiveness, our energy, our passion, our ability to connect in the nine to five. We're just not as good. Said another way, self-leadership always precedes team leadership and team leadership always precedes organizational leadership team leadership or team effectiveness, how the team does, that, that team of five, six, eight, 12, 
that you serve as the leader, well, they're taking cues off of you and your well-being, as well as your intellect, your clarity of communication, your strategic thinking, all of that. And they're, they're making these conscious and subconscious decisions about you based upon how you lead yourself. And the better you are in all areas, the more attentive you are to all areas of your life, it puts you in a place to have maximum energy and be the most effective with that team. So now your team goes to an effective team. Then that team of five, six, eight, or 12 goes out and they're responsible for influencing the entire organization. And, you know, I spend time with teams of eight that are responsible for 200,000. All right. How you lead yourself impacts how you lead culture. 200,000, we're talking about counties. Mm. We're talking mm. about cities put together. You know, you're talking about mass, massive numbers. And let's bring it all the way back. You lead a team of three. And in your organization, you have 10. Well, those 10 deal with 50 customers in a week. And those 50 customers have some sort of an, an experience with you. And that either makes them better or worse. They experience light or dark. They experience joy and, and gratitude or frustration and, and angst or worry. How you leading yourself matters. That makes total sense. I think everybody gets it. Why do people struggle to do it? Why, why is it almost inherent? And it really was in our generation too, down to this generation, that we think, yes, that's right, but... I've got to go do this. What What's pushback you get as you coach and as you mentor and as you work? What's pushback you get on that? Most common answer is I'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you have, you have this, um, you have this false, you, you're living a false guarantee. Mm. There's no guarantee of tomorrow. There's just no guarantee. And, and everyone has their busy season. You know, if I could just get through this season, once we get to this, once we get the business to this mark, then I'll start to focus on her, on him, on them, on this, on that. Then I will. But right now, man, I mean, this is burn it time. We got we to gotta crank. And, uh, oh, it's not that. Oh, it's once I get enough money for retirement, once I get that taken care of, then I'll start to. Just another five years on the plan. Then I'll start to. Or it's, uh, you know, when I just get the last kid through school or once we, once we launch this strategic bet, then, then I'm going to be able to get to it. That's, it's wrong. And I've heard it over and over and over again. And Mike, you've heard me say it numerous times. It's, it's the verse that people need to own. And when Moses cried out and said, hey, teach me, Lord, to number my days so that I may gain a heart of wisdom. What he was saying, Moses was going, my head is so easily deceived. I think I can get to it tomorrow, but I need to number my days in my heart. I need to believe in my heart that I only have so many rotations around this thing. And, uh, and I need to live with that conviction so I can make better decisions and be a better steward. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as the fools, but as the wise, mm -hmm. redeeming the time because the days are evil. It, there's no guarantee of tomorrow. So I think that's one answer. And the second answer is that we have great intentions, but we just, as you know, we drift. It's like, yeah, yeah. I didn't plan to get here, but just slow erosion over time. I got stuck in the current and, 
you know, everyone else was doing it and they all started working late and they all started going there after dinner and they all went down for a drink after the meeting. And, you know, and it just kind of happens. It's the way we do it here. You know, okay. Okay. Get stuck in the drift, that cultural current. You're going to wind up a casualty. Mm. I've seen it over and over again. You know, in, in hearing you talk about the drift, so my idea of the drift is being down on uh, the Gulf Coast and getting on a raft and sitting in front of the hotel and drifting down. Your idea of the drift as a <laughs> surfer is very different than my my lazy fanny rear end laying on a laying on a uh, laying on a float. But you're you, on the water. You understand you understand drift totally differently. Talk about drift from the eyes of a surfer and what that means the way you've experienced it before. So, um, so I've been surfing since I was a young teenager and, uh, and I surf Hawaii every winter. And uh, now I don't go out in the biggest of days. Like last week it was 70 feet. That is not Daniel. I'll go out, you know, <laughs> two times, three times bigger than me, but it's big. And, yeah. you know, a year ago in November, one of those at a very beautiful spot that I've been surfing since I was 18, the lip came over, smacked me in the back of the neck and did neck damage for a year. So I was out of the water until just about a month ago, trying to rehab some damage there. So there's a lot of power to it. The, that disclaimer is to just let people know a lot of time in the ocean, a lot of time out in the middle of the ocean, out in the waters of Fiji or South Africa, where currents just move. If you take your eyes off of what's happening, you will have a much different surfing experience. So you will see the best of surfers. They'll sit on the beach and they'll study. They know the spot. If it's their first time there, they'll wait. Uh, the first time I worked with some coaches, this is a, you know, some of your listeners are going to go, gosh, dude, you live a ridiculous life. And yes, I do. I have, don't understand it. I have been incredibly privileged and I don't share this to boast, but I got to work with some surf coaches in the Maldives and they would keep me on the boat before they'd let everybody else jump out, but they were working with me. I received a gift from somebody to do this very generous business associate gave my wife and I a thank you gift and sent us here. And anyways, the coach kept me on the, the coaches, two of them kept me on the boat for 20 minutes after everyone is out getting waves. And they just made me study so that I understood how deep the water was, which direction the swells coming in, where I need to be anchoring my view. Because if I get out of about a 20 foot by 20 foot zone, I could be in danger. Mm. I could actually get drifted away or I'll find myself in a shallow razor coral uh, or I won't be getting waves. So there's all these different dynamics that are taking place in the best of the best. They keep their eyes focused on coordinates. They're always paddling and adjusting so they stay in the zone because the current or the drift will just slowly move you a mile down the, down the beach or out to sea. It happens all the time. And I've got plenty of stories where people have been sucked out and I've been one who's had to paddle way out and then help bring them in as they've been stuck in the, in the current. It's where I've become closest to death is in those situations. Mm -hmm. You say drift happens for leaders. I've heard you say when they're unaware, overwhelmed, distracted, and deceived. That are those are common drift points. 
what do all those things have in common? What are what's the one common denominator of all those things in the life of a leader? You lose you lose um, perspective inside of what matters most. So good. I'm telling you, man, you, you know, you and I are in that season of life. We talked about it. it's a rich season. Our kids yeah. are grown. It's, it's, it's a great season. Do you find leaders even that have done well, if they take their eye off and they don't, they don't paddle accordingly, they don't watch. Have you even seen leaders like that begin to drift and totally get caught off guard thinking they had it all in control. That's me. Mm. I've been there. Mm. I'm not. Yeah. I can write a book about it and I can coach lots of people through it, but that doesn't mean that I don't have it figured out. I get stuck. I totally get stuck. It happens. You know, I've got some very specific chapters in my life to where all of a sudden I'm like, uh Oh, I'm off target. What's happening? How do you begin to see it? How do you notice it in somebody else? It's totally different than noticing in yourself. How do you begin? What are, what are the buttons and the flashers that are going off in your life when that's begun to happen? So my first, you know, when you were asking my first memory um, of getting off off point and drifting has to do when I wrote that book. So I've written another one since then. And I dealt with, I dealt with the seven perspectives much different than I dealt with living forward. So when I wrote living forward with my friend, Michael Hyatt, Michael's a, just a social media machine. He markets and has yeah, figured out how to influence uh, through the digital world and social world, like a beast. And, and it's part of his business model. It's not part of my business model. I don't spend a lot of time there. Uh, and it's because I don't have the time or it's because I've not said it's priority. Okay. Well, when we wrote the book, um, I broke some of my own rules to engage in that game. And, you know, in my house, no one, no one brings a phone out at a dinner table, you know, with all the extra kids that we've had and with our family and my wife and some of my kids are amazing cooks. You would never want to insult any of them by being distracted at one of the most meaningful moments in the day, which is when a family comes together and they talk. But if you grab the phone, what you're saying is there's somebody here that's more important to me than all of you. Well, when the book Living Forward was released in 2016, the social media push was huge. And um, and I was receiving text messages, messages from the team saying, get in the game, get in the game. We've only got a week. We're going for bestseller, blah, blah, blah. And we had a lot of well-meaning people. And we're on all different time zones. No one's thinking Daniel's a dinner. It's not malicious or bad. I'm responsible for that. And uh, I had the phone down to the side. And Mike, I'm not kidding. I've shared this story. Somebody posted a picture of a dog wearing glasses. And the dog wearing the glasses was sitting in front of the book, Living Forward. And the caption that some wonderful friend out there, whomever it was, who I don't have any idea, they said, oh, even the book's so good, even my dog's enjoying it and building her, you know, her life plan. And I'm commenting on that. And my son, who today is 31, he looks at me, he's like, dude, what are you doing? And then he squared up with me a little later. 
And he's like, yeah, you've been gone. You're sitting here worried about Amazon ratings and you're on that. And I just told you that we're having a, uh, at that time I'm getting engaged and I got the ring and all that. And you were absent. Now this guy's one of my best friends and uh, you know, all my kids, but yeah, I, I got stuck and I just repented. I was like, team family. Whoa, sorry, Mike, there's three arrows that uh, the enemy shoots at all of us as uh told in first john 2 15 16 the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the boastful pride of life are not of the father but they're of the world so lust of the eyes lust of the flesh and the boastful pride of life i could preach a sermon on those and how i've been hit and how i've had to extract and how i warn so it, it, and i love your transparency in that because that's reality and in the world that we the world that we live in, it is what it is, and that's one of my favorite parts about pastor in the same church now twenty seven years, is they've seen that. Listen, there ain't nothing to hide, man. I got yeah. college roommates in there. I've got old high school friends in there, but there 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 is nothing to hide. But you laid out in Living Forward, and you and Michael did such a great job. Thanks. And what I love about it is the whole plan is on your website. That yeah. people can download and they can yeah, walk they can. through the plan on how to do it. You named your son because you talk in there about beginning with your funeral, yeah. beginning with the end in mind, numbering your days and working backwards. And you talk about the importance of the accounts <laughs> and why those deposits into those accounts are so big. When you laid it out, did you ever dream that the one you were pouring into would one day pour into you? Your 31-year-old son would come back and go, Dad, and really maybe have kept your life on course because of that conversation. What's been the benefit mm. of making those accounts priority in your life for where you sit today? Everything. I mean, it's everything. Uh, you know, I've been one who has firmly believed, as do you, just because of the earlier conversation we had, the greatest ministry I will ever have is my marriage. And then right behind that is my family. I mean, this is where it's real. This is where it is real. Uh, this is the good and the bad. This is, uh, you know, waking up sick or being stressed out or being afraid or, you know, this isn't game time. This is lifetime. It's everything. So the nine basic accounts we put in Living Forward, we modified for set path because we wrote that for younger adults. Uh, but something that's really important to me in all of it is we just get you in that process to ask, who do you want to be first and foremost? And then what are you going to do? The world gets it confused. What are you going to do? And then how's that going to impact who you are? And I say, uh-uh, reverse engineer. Figure out who you've been called to be. You're an image, image bearer of the king. I mean, you, you can be amazing in so many different areas because you have a helper. And the accounts in your life, you play a unique stewardship role. And I can't hire anybody to be her husband. Mm. Like, mm. there's no replacement for, for me as their dad. Yes, they can have somebody else come in if the Lord takes me home. But that person's going to be a different one. Won't be the one, right? No one else. I can't hire somebody to do my, my, 
my faith walk for me. I am the steward of how I show up and what I receive. I am the steward of how I care for the temple. Nobody else gets to do that. That is me. I am the only one that plays the stewardship role over this temple. What goes into it, how it works, what comes out of it, mouth, actions, all of it. It's, I play a unique role. So who do I want to be in all those areas? And now how do I act out on that? So... Um, yeah, those, those accounts, they're everything. And did I ever imagine that some of those humans in those accounts would be who they are to me? Yeah, I think I did. I think I did. I think I, you know, when I look at my life plans, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know we were going to go on the life plan journey. Uh, I haven't talked about that book on a podcast in a while. Um, but, uh, you know, there is the, the 2023, which is about ready to get this month updated wow. for the 2024. And uh, I just was going through it a week ago. I walked a few hundred leaders through the process out in Central Oregon. And I went through it. I'm like, oh, yeah, these things, I got a few changes to make. I've got some changes to make. And I sure love looking at these from 25 years ago. Oh, I keep every gosh. one of them. And to see who I wanted to be before I had my youngest daughter. Yeah. And then to see who I wanted to be with her 20 years ago. And now she's getting married. And I'm like, wow, answered prayers here and so much goodness here. And ooh, I, I may have missed there, but look at who she's turned out to be. Thank you. It's a great way to go. It doesn't, it's not a magic, it's not a magic genie, but it sure does help you to focus in on what matters most so you avoid the drift and then the, the destination of regret. That's right. Well, you're living so much more by design than default. Yeah. You are, you are, you are helping to coordinate. And we don't dream when we began the journey. We don't dream that one day we're going to have adult conversations with our kids and the blessings that they will be. I know my son had a pull pull aside with me last year. He's he's 30, he's turning 30. And uh I had my Twitter had gotten hacked and boy, I was all bent out of shape. And they zeroed me out. They started me over. I've been on Twitter since 2014 and I was losing my mind. And one day he just pulls me aside and said, you need to let it go. I mean, you, you're way more concerned about it than anybody else. Yeah. But you know what though? He's exactly right. And those, those accounts start reaping dividends. So let's say there's a 55 year old leader who has done it all wrong. I mean, they haven't done anything right. But they hear this. They're driving. They're flying somewhere. They're in the middle of their coaching career. We got a lot of coaches that listen to this. Is it ever too late to start doing this? Is it ever too late to begin no. this plan? Talk, talk to that a little bit. No. You know, my hope is that nobody's buying the lie that they've done everything wrong. Uh, oftentimes, the the memories of the mistakes. They, they just get magnified versus the moments of, of goodness, right? And, uh, and we can tend to hyper-focus on those. I apologize. I have a printer going off over here. Somebody's oh, printing totally somebody. Some, okay. Uh, so, you know, what I would tell them is it is uh, – let's turn it off. Um, you know, I would tell them it's, it's never too late. 
it's never too late. Uh, the first place that you want to travel to is the place of forgiveness. And you start with yourself and then you start to look at, are there other humans that need to receive that? And, uh, and once you ask for that, you can't control the response, but you can control your courage, your humility, and your desire to have a different tomorrow. Now, once you've done that, you cannot control how the other humans will journey with you in the future. You can't. But you can control how you will show up, the decisions that you will make, which then could lead to an in level of influence that could lead to a better destination. Mm. And that is um, the way that you need to look at it. And along the way, if it's been a struggle, don't be... Um, don't be afraid to ask for real help. You know, there are some individuals that might be listening that maybe they really are underwater and everything has been at age 55, a train wreck, and, and they may need some real help. Uh, they just need to get their nose above the water. And then there are others who are like, oh, no, I'm breathing. I'm okay. I just want to, I want to be a better version of me. And, uh, you know, you can have somebody come alongside you and help you. And there's a lot of value in that. You spend your life coaching and mentoring others, leading your great company, leading the folks that lead alongside you at Building Champions. You've created this amazing resource with your team of Set Path. Who helps you? Who comes hmm. along your side and becomes that other head on your shoulder to help navigate life? Yeah. So those individuals have traded out over the years. Uh, I've had different ones that have journeyed with me to help me in areas where I needed to be strengthened or I needed to see things differently. Today, I'm very fortunate. I have a board of advisors that happen to be on my team. So if you were to look at the Building Champions website, you would see there are coaches and there are CEO mentors. And the CEO mentors, for the most part, well, actually, no, for the most part, there's one that might be my age. I think he's my age, but the majority of them are 10 to 20 years older than me. So I have a business partner that's 82 that is fired up and always wanting to help me. He just texted me last week saying, I want you to send me your thoughts every week so that we can discuss them. What are you thinking about? Mm -hmm. He's a guy who went through that exercise of looking at the timelines and the themes, and he was in the room and I was honoring him because he's a guy who always leaves conversations with me, Daniel the best is yet to come. The mm. best is yet mm. to come. Now you think about kingdom mindset, of course, the best is yet to come. But that board of advisors are, are right now, they're a team of men. And they're the most consistent ones that will pour in, augment, uh, help me in my thinking. So I've got them who are playing in one end. And then I've got this other crew of guys that are just an absolute blessing. And they know me, you know, just like you were talking about your church, you got your college friends and all them that are hanging out in your congregation. Well, this, this painting right over here, Mike, over my shoulder, that yep. says, can you see that? Yep. Hooligan. Hooligan. So my hooligans, <laughs> so all my boys there, their nicknames are all in there. One of them's a, an artist. This is my whole surfing posse from when we were young teenagers. And I can show you pictures of three weeks ago when we were together just last. Mm. But these guys, they don't, they don't buy any of the magic. They know me. They know boy Danny. They know. <laughs> they know. So they'll step on inside, alongside. And then I've got kids and I, I have a wife who is, she's courageous and she's caring. So... 
but my board of advisors are those that will play that mm. more of that role as, you know, I, I, my last book is the seven perspectives of effective leaders. And the seventh perspective is the perspective of the outsider. Who's that outsider that has the ability to look in That's and good. help you to see what you, you don't see and help you to, to leverage the opportunities and avoid the, the, the pitfalls. And I've got a good crew of outsiders. You've had an amazing career from your from your early days in the mortgage business to mm-hmm. taking your sabbatical to beginning your coaching business, really on a whim on yeah. what you felt like God was leading you to do. And now it's grown. What do you see as we, you and I both have in common? We're, you know, the fourth quarter is on the board and the, the clock is ticking. We understand that. And we know that there's a brevity to all this. What do you pray is the biggest impact you make in this next season of life? Hmm. Ah. It's a question I don't really know how to, to answer. Um, You know, I look at my impact and then I I immediately go to my prayer in the morning and I have the same prayer that I've been praying it for decades now. And it's the same every day, Uh, but it has to do with, Lord, help me to be who you want me to be so that I can do what you want me to do. May I see people like you see them. May I love them like you love them. And may I serve them in ways that bring you fame and glory. May I strive to please an audience of one. And would you use me to flip the switches up on the hearts of everybody that I meet? Always directing to you, not to me, always Mm -hmm. to you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the middle section of my prayer. And when I think about getting, and no disrespect at all, right? But thinking about um, wanting to do something big, like if I were to show you my timeline and what I see for the the decade ahead, like, I just don't want to F it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to get in his way. And uh, I need to stay close. Um, he's put me in a unique place where I do have a platform. And he has given me an audience um, that is divided. So I have an audience where young adults, for some reason, uh, they will want to hang out. And, uh, and it can be guys and gals that are teens into 20s. And, and I enjoy helping them to see who they can be. And, and I want to continue to advocate for them being uh, who they've been called and designed to be. I want to be that encourager. I don't want to get in the way of that. Mm. And then the other spectrum are these leaders that for some reason I have a unique passport to journey with, and they're 10 times smarter than I am. And they've just got way more horsepower than I do, but for some reason they want to talk and, uh, and I can help them. So I want to continue to advocate for them. And I see over your right shoulder champions, you know, my company name, Building Champions. Um, To unpack that, you know, that plaque probably has to do with somebody who won some sort of a game or a tournament. And it's probably baseball by the looks of it. They won. They were winners. Well, building champions, champions may mean winners, but to champion is a verb. And it's to advocate and it's to be an ambassador for a better cause. And I'm building those champions. I am trying to build those leaders that are trying to champion a cause to where they create a culture that improves humanity, 
so that when people come to work there, when people do business with those there, they leave as better humans. And, uh, and for some reason, there's a really neat connection with those type of leaders. So in the quarter of life ahead, professionally, um, ministerially, missionally, I want to do that. But nowhere do I want to do that more so than with my wife, my kids, and my grandbabies. So there you go. You know, there's times I get off episodes and I just have to sit there a little bit because I've got to process everything we talked about. And Daniel's episode was one of those. I just had to sit and process it. Um, I can't wait to unpack it more with you here soon. But good night. Just so full of good, solid wisdom. And you, you begin to see there's just things that the greats do that others choose not to do. And focus is one of those things that every great leader has to figure out. And Daniel sure helped me with it. I hope he sure helped you with it as well. Because, listen, we got one shot to do this thing right. Let's get it. In 2024 is going to be a great year to do that. Well, our next episode will not disappoint. And we're going to keep that same energy that Dale Alexander ended 2023 with and Daniel opened 2024 with. We get to sit down with Ramsey personality, George Camel, and talk about uh, just all things finances. We're going to get to talk about his brand new book. It is so good. And it is going to be a great, great episode. Subscribe leave a rating and review, share it with a friend, because here's the deal. We want to join hands and we want to, with you, we want to raise the spiritual temperature of every company, of every office, of every ball team, of every church, of every neighborhood and every home. And we can do it with you. Thanks again for joining us today. Now, let's go be the leaders that we were created to be in the spaces and places that God put us and let us love God love people, and live sent. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Lynch with a Leader podcast with your host, Mike Lynch. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help more people hear it by subscribing and leaving a review wherever you may be listening. For full episode notes and more spiritual leadership resources, visit MikeLynch.com.